Hi, this is Esme Bianco. I play Roz on Game of Thrones, and you're listening to Kind of Epic Show. So I guess we're back. I mean, we were talking a lot about the North, mm-hmm. and I mean, because that was the big battle scene. Um, and I love the recitation of the night or of the the night watch's oath. Oh yeah, that that scene in the tunnel was really fucking twice. Oh, the twice that they do it. I mean, they do it in that episode, and they do it in the finale where Master Aemon leads it while they're burning them. Oh yeah, because they add now and now his watch is ended. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't realize that the night's watch oath. They recite it, and then they, they recite, and now his watch is ended. Hmm. It's, like, it's like you're released from your oath when you're dead. Yeah. And that's yeah. just how it's, yeah. I mean, it's part of how serious it is, because <laughs> it's an oath for life. But like the, conne- the connection of like you read them, and then you do it, and it's like they kept their oath. It's like when the guy is beheaded in the first season. Mm-hmm. Nobody's, nobody's burning his body. Nobody's, yeah. nobody's giving him last rites, and his dad is a fucking nobleman. Yeah. Which, it's funny, we meet him. In this season, she mentioned uh, Sansa mentions oh, that. Yeah, yeah. That's well, a callback to the very first episode. <laughs> oh, wow. I love that. I, I didn't even catch it. Didn't, no, I, you, it's in the show, and I didn't even know until I read a review about the no, show. I, I noticed that we were watching because <laughs> I just assumed he might have been like Dolores Ed or somebody that we'd known mm. on the show. I just thought How like maybe that? he's a funny guy or somebody because I didn't think they'd bring it up. Nope, guy who ran away and gets his head cut off. Wow. I, if I was Sansa, like I would feel pretty ballsy bring it up. Oh yeah, my dad beheaded your son. <laughs> You've got you must feel great about me. <laughs> wow. And he literally has no offense. He's like that son must not have been very loved. <laughs> wow. That's just the reason he was in the night. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but that scene in the tunnel when you know Gren and the others are. It's kind of heartbreaking. Well, yeah, they're holding like, up against that giant. Yeah, it's just like, like it's uh, just running down them, and they're just holding, yeah. holding the holding the gate. I would have like my spears and swords like through the through the gate already. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, uh, please, please hit something vital. And I love. Uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I love that uh, it's sort of followed up when a. Uh, uh, Conversation between yes. John and yes. uh, Mance Ryder, mm-hmm. or Mance is kind of like uh, that was you know that was the last of his line or something like that. He he used to be he was the king of giants or something. Yeah. And John was like, he was killed by a farmer. <laughs> <laughs> it was it wasn't it wasn't that. I mean, it wasn't. I don't think he phrased it like that. And he's like. Grant, I mean, he uses his Grant name. Was a farmer. He's like, Grant was a farmer. <laughs> he's like talking about, and they're still getting the same level of respect. Because yeah. that's that, that's the thing, is like, and they keep bringing up the Night's Watch is more like the Wildlings than anyway, like, is when they don't, neither of them kneel. Mm. Neither of them are beholden to any king. They are independent. So then when the king arrives, and he looks pretty fucking authoritative because he's got 20,000, at least 20,000 men, because that's the, the number that he was talking about. Like, when he's talking about sending somebody to, to, to the, in case he dies, and he's, and he's getting all gloomy, and he's, like, talking about, like, sending his second to go pick it up, and he's like, how many, how many would you need? And he's like, 20,000. And so I'm assuming, if that's the number that he says, <laughs> we actually, and considering how big of a fucking column it looked like on horseback, mm-hmm. then I'm assuming it's 20,000 soldiers that he brings against 100,000 wildlings, and you feel actually feel the scope of it. And the defense of those guys, like, they're just walking, 
They're just walking. He's like, ah, maced, maced to the face. (laughs) I thought it was amazing. And I thought that that was an interesting dynamic because it's the Night's Watch and them. And like he's saying, we don't kneel. And then he's like, John John Snow doesn't kneel either. Mm -hmm. And even though this is the, he presents himself as the king and the hand of the king. He doesn't kneel. Not only does he not kneel, he's like, my dad died for you. Mm. I thought that was sort of neat, though, because it was one of those, you know, both of them are sort of the most honorable people on the show to a certain degree. Mm. And it's sort of neat to... Stannis doesn't have friends Mm -hmm. because it would be impossible for anyone to be friends with Stannis. (laughs) His last... I mean, the the only friend that he has, he chopped off half of his fingers. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, like... (laughs) So, like, I feel like of anyone on the show, like, he's going to have the most respect for Ned because Ned is also the most stupidly, (laughs) stupidly, like, obsessed with honor and the entirety of the show because he's a Stark. And then so you're looking at Jon Snow and he's like, oh, well, you're you're a Night's Watch and you've kept your oath and you're here fighting, you're fighting a hopeless battle against wildlings north of the wall. Mm Mm-hmm. And you you say you're Ned Stark's son, and it's like it like instantly clicks, and he's just like, okay, I'm gonna take advice. I'll actually trust this guy. Yeah. He's like, I don't think I'll, he's never gonna say I like this guy. He doesn't like anyone. <laughs> <laughs> he the people he likes, he burns alive. <laughs> he burns he burned his own his former hand of the king. <laughs> That's the thing that they pretty much gloss over, other than the fact they showed the, well, they showed the burning. They didn't gloss it over. I was quite happy about that. They yeah, they just show somebody in agonizing pain, and they cut to his niece. <laughs> and then I think then then the mom is just like, well, she's not very faithful. Why don't we send? Why don't you go have a talk with her, creepy red woman? Because that'll totally make my 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 daughter feel more secure. Creepy red woman who just burned her her uncle to death. Hmm. That is one of well, my favorite things in the show, though, by well, the way, that scene. Let's look, since this is our season recap, uh, let's talk about where a character started at the beginning of the season and where they've ended up. Nice, David. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Seems like common sense. I think well, kind of... Joffrey's dead. Yes. <laughs> yes. It, well, no, dead. no, no, you missed it. He said, how did he, how did he start? He started... He started a different color than he ended. He's purple. <laughs> and Tywin had a different smell at the beginning of the season than when he died. So that's how they began and ended. Well, I mean, let's see. Arya was, I don't know, running around with the hound. <laughs> now she's not. How? We, I'm sorry. We're just going to have to talk about the fact that Arya gets to talk to Brienne. Yeah. We're just going to have that, to. I, I think it was a really interesting change because, I mean, essentially Brienne sort of just represents a potential... I don't, like a parallel Arya because girl Brienne, talk. Yeah, well, they're having. It's the only person in the world that Arya would have girl talk with. Well, yeah, because <laughs> Brienne's like essentially is a giant tomboy. She she actually you know trained with the swords like Arya wanted to. I mean, yeah. Brienne is what Arya would have grown up. Arya doesn't to. want to be a knight. Well, no, hold on. Arya grows up. Well, that. Was what Arya probably would have grown up to be mm. if the Starks w- w- hadn't have been decimated, and that's what Brienne represents. And yeah. it's it's also interesting to see that Arya doesn't even consider choosing her though, or following yeah. the path at this point because she's so jaded and sort of destroyed by what has happened to her and the family and what has happened to Westeros. Like, her and the Hound's road trip through the Riverlands was just fraught with 
you know, seeing people die, seeing what war has done. And I feel as if that's part of the reason she also, when she couldn't go up to the wall, yeah. she, she was like, oh, okay. It's also, it's also, keep in mind, it's people who keep talking about her family when she's there. Mm-hmm. Like, the farmer that the hound brutalizes and steals the money from and leaves as good as dead... And he tells him, and she tell, he, the hound tells her that it was a merciful thing that he just did because he was going to be, st- he was going to get stolen and killed, and the daughter was probably going to get raped anyway, which mm-hmm. is fucking horrifying. Mm-hmm. Like it's like in that whole time they're there, he's talking about like how good the Tullys were. This didn't happen under the Tullys and all this stuff. And then she's going to, she's getting dragged to the the Erie to see her crazy aunt that she's never met, mm-hmm. and her reaction when she gets there. I mean, after meeting another person on the road who they just then slaughter. Because it was the she actually did consider it the merciful thing to do, and that's a whole scene that it's it's foreshadowing. Because she's like, "Do you remember the hound asked? Do you remember where the heart is?" Mm. Because he shows her, yeah, and has her has her to, to execute that man out of mercy. And then when he's offered the same chance, mm. when he demands the same chance for mercy, she, not only does she not do it, but then the hound's reaction afterward, even as he's begging and pleading, he still yells after her to say, "Go find, go find the the lady and go with her." But I think the, both of those things were like he in that scene it like crystallizes that he, his character is changed by this journey even though he's still doing atrocious things, yeah. and it also crystallizes that Arya never forgave him. You think that maybe there's a there's a change in that relationship when she's sewing up the wound when yeah. she so clearly could have killed him yeah. when she really didn't have any interest in going to the Eyrie anyway, mm-hmm. and then when she gets to the Eyrie she makes a this fucking weird primal maniacal laugh. Like, what did you guys think of that? I loved I it. it. I awesome. died laughing. I, uh, I didn't laugh, but I was just like, whoa. How could I, you not laugh? Yeah, it was I mean, great. It, yeah, it was just a great, like... It seemed of, natural. Of, of, like, deadpan uh, comedy of just, you know, the hound finding out, oh, so this was all for not... And then she's... I don't know, like, from my point of view, she was laughing at him. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. It was probably fueled by just the you, fact that she was so close to being someplace that was supposedly safe. But at the same time, she's probably laughing at him for thinking that... I don't know, like, they're going through this country of chaos, and he had this one plan he was trying to adhere to, and that kind of blew up in his well, face. to be yeah. fair, he had a second plan, after a third plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, first, done... first plan was to have the, to, to keep with the, the people who he had to fight the, for the blood oath, and then to get them to take her to the Riverlands and still get the money. Second plan is to take her to the Riverlands to get the money. And then he's like, ah, why don't we, no, wait, I hear, I hear there's this wedding thing going on. Why don't we just meet your brother instead? Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, third plan was, let's go, well, you got an aunt. You well, still got a rich aunt. Well, David, you told me that the hound is for sure dead. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. One, of, one of my uh, coworkers, one of my supervisors, he actually said there's, like, in the books, they even, like, hint that, he might be alive. Like no. it's not a real spoiler. Do you want to know where, where that thread comes from? Yeah, it's not a real I do. Spoiler. There's a guy running around the with his helmet. Like, yeah, but oh, the helmet okay. doesn't. I think it's him, but the it's, helmet doesn't oh, okay. actually play a role. In fact, it's one of the things that that like if you heard any complaints about the final episode, that those scenes are related to and the and the group that that guy's running with. Those scenes are related to like complaints from book readers about the end, the finale. Okay, but they assumed like those type of characters would be introduced, like kind of like a counter to... Because we saw the Brotherhood without banners throughout the entire third season, introduce yeah. the characters in the first and second season. Like, frankly, they were in the show more than they're in the fucking book. 
And so you expect to at least see them once or have some kind of payoff. Like, essentially, these are the people who are raping and pillaging and that they're fighting against. Yeah. And you never really see them. Gotcha. And so, like, we never see, other than the the, sol- the regular bastard Lannister soldiers that the Hound and Arya kill, you don't really see any mention of that. And the, the actual Hound's helmet, I haven't fucking seen that in mm. ages. Yeah, ages. Yeah. And so it's like, they in the book, they're just, like, saying it's essentially a cursed... It's a cursed object. Okay. Because, like, partly because it's, like, from the Clegane family and the way it's forged. They don't mean it like an actual magical curse. They mean it in the same way, like, the curse of Harrenhal is a curse. Like, if you inherit this helmet, you might be a really damn good fighter. But. But something horrible and unfortunate. I mean, something is wrong with you and your soul. That's interesting. All right. I like that. I mean, I wish it had kind of been in it, but frankly... If it's coming down to having a helmet or having a fight with with freaking Brienne mm. and having the girl talk moment with Arya <laughs> and then just coming to this strange realization like, why the fuck is this even happening? Because it's like literally like this is the purpose of the books. Like, yeah. I mean, like this is an allegory for how the books and how the show work. It's like, we're on the same side. Let's fucking kill each other. <laughs> That's yeah. Stannis to me. No. It's like, we're on the same side, Starks. Why don't I pray for your fucking death? I, I kind of feel like from season to season, there really isn't too much character growth between, like, for certain really? characters. Like, if you cut down all their all their scenes, they could probably fit in, like, an episode. <laughs> yeah. 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 And... Uh, you know, it just kind of... Well, Tyrion never grows. <laughs> oh. I went there. Uh, but I, I feel like... I feel that Tyrion is the one that had the most uh, character development this season. It's the opposite of growth. I mean, I mean that not as a pun. I mean that he he went from a, a status of, status of high power even. I mean, well, we've seen that over the last two seasons mm-hmm. where it's most fun and people enjoy Tyrion. I mean, you think you're going to enjoy Tyrion the most when he's suddenly in charge. And you remember, oh... He's actually intelligent. Maybe intelligent people should rule Westeros. No. <laughs> yeah, maybe not the the idiot king who farts and pretty much farts and and drinks himself to death. Literally drinks himself to death. Yeah, a boar helps, but I mean, <laughs> and, and so like yeah, that's I mean it's it makes him he's so different than everything on the show. He's got these great lines and everything. He's in charge, and then him falling out of power and being out of favor in the third season. He's so in, you feel like he's so in jeopardy. It can't, it's got to be down from here. But he, he doesn't get as much like funny scenes like because he can't he doesn't have the relationship. Doesn't matter. You don't you don't need Tyrion to be funny anymore. Like he's Peter Dinklage is an amazing actor. Yeah. The dialogue is amazing. Even when they substitute, so I love when they just lift lines literally from the book, and it's just like because of his delivery, it's like it might have been good on the page, fucking better. Now, I heard an interesting theory that George R. R. Martin was the the Beatles smasher. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like no, that's the thing. Like, why is I mean, also the writers for for the show because it's yeah. like, why is why are our two favorite characters that don't meet up ever in the books? Why are they fighting each other to a death on a fucking cliff? <laughs> <laughs> over over who gets to take care of our like second favorite character or favorite character? It's well, like I, there's no fucking reason. It's really just Kong Kong and literally one is smashing each other in it. I think they make that noise that Tyrion makes at one point in that fight. Well, yeah, it. it... I don't know. I really did love that scene, though, when he was talking about his cousin. Because, I mean, it was just such an interesting way to talk about the the randomness of of death and when it comes and how it comes. He, I mean, you... The Beatles, you know, they, they thought... They're running around. They, they have their plans. They have their thoughts. Uh, 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 they're, they're trying to accomplish something. Mm-hmm. And then there's this high, a higher being just comes down and smushes them. Yeah. There's nothing. George R. R. Martin. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, just uh, uh, ignoring the joke. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was... 
a, a really powerful thing, especially right before. Was it right after or right before Oberyn's? Before. It was before. Yeah, yeah, right before. Yeah, and then he gets smashed by this giant. Yeah. That was like I had uh, my coworker watches the yeah. show. He he texted me right after he watched it, and he was just like, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> he, he, and he came into work and he was like, "I, I think I have PTSD. I can't. I can't." Yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't sleep. That was, a, that was a horrible thing to watch right before bed. Even knowing, <laughs> even knowing it was going to happen, yeah. I convinced myself it wasn't going to happen because I didn't want it to happen. Yeah, I, I was so I was literally, they were going to change my mind. I was literally like, "Wait, he's a really charismatic character. You've saved characters on the show before, yeah. and you've made room by killing plenty of characters on the show that didn't need to die." I.e. Yeah. Ross, <laughs> she's not even in the books. Um, so yeah, you don't have to kill her if she doesn't exist. But it, like, it, I mean, so like. Uh, I mean, yeah. I thought, and he kept on getting closer, and I was just like, I'm yeah. going, "Stop being cocky! Stop being like, cocky!" You had him beat. Yeah, and that like, uh, I, I'm pretty sure I gasped when he punched, and the teeth went. Yeah, over. yeah. And you're just like, <gasps> the reaction, the uh, fact that they cut to, I mean, not who is it? Not Ariane, because that's the the cousin or niece. Hilaria. Uh, um, no, not Alaria, because that's the sister. Uh, the the yeah, names his, I get confused. His, his San, San. Yeah, is it is it Alaria her, as well? I don't know her. The Sand. Paramore, uh, Oberyn's uh, uh, sort of wife. Yeah, you, like the way that was shot. Love, like Oberyn's teeth, lover. Teeth flew from his mouth on the ground, and then the camera refocused on Tyrion. My and, face looked like her fucking face. Is the thing. Yeah, it was she just she's prettier. Well, yeah, <laughs> they're mean to her in the books, by the way. Like the description is like, is like she something about her catches the eye, but she's not pretty. Yeah, mm. she's a bit more, I guess, tomboyish. No, mm. they like they literally like express like she's not beautiful. Mm. They're like, but she's still exotic and pretty. Well, she was like, in the show. Yeah, yeah, I thought she was. But uh, yeah, just that, that I thought that was just so tremendously well seen, uh, filmed. They didn't and, change any of the the dialogue or the fighting in the book. Mm. They literally like they said that they tried to. Well, Oberyn has a shield in the book. That's about the. He's actually fighting with the shield, not just yeah. the spear. Okay. But anyway, uh, that makes more sense. But really, I mean, I don't think that, like, for the purposes of the way that they filmed it, mm-hmm. and the fact that they recast the mountain just so that he would be beefier. Yeah. Well, also because the I guess the White Walkers were more in this season. Than and, and Ian played the giants. Well, Ian played the giants. Yeah, as that's well? what I was trying to say earlier. Oh man, I'm. And he I, just kept talking. See, Ian played the... We, we'd interviewed Ian in 2012, yeah. um, just after Prometheus had came out. He also played the Giants in Prometheus. Yeah. Hmm. And so, yeah, I guess he's well-versed. They're like, oh, well, you've played a giant before. <laughs> <laughs> put, put on this fluffy robe and go, uh, go fight some Night's Watch. I think this is uh, one character that looked the more, most like him, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, except when he was playing the mountain. You know, I should have known it because of the giant had that giant fucking nose. Yeah. Which the same they did the same thing for like the prosthesis for the um, engineers for the engineers because like they have that face yeah. and then they have the giant nose that because it fits in. It's probably the uh, same makeup just with. He said it's like yeah, giantness mm-hmm. put on it. Um, uh, yeah, I just thought the way that was filmed though just yeah. like I, I this, somebody made a gif of it. And I actually, I sort of watched it on a repeat. Uh, the head smashing? Yeah. And just I couldn't do it. Seeing that, like, I'm just wondering how they filmed it. Like, it's like there's so much watching him in pain like that, and there's so much acting happening while that, like, fingers are going in his eyes. Could have been, like, I, yeah, I like guess. Half just, of it green screened, yeah. and then. Or you still get, like, the mouth and the. I couldn't have coped uh, unless I'd seen the picture of, like, Pedro Pascal and then the actor who has this unbelievably thick Norwegian name. Uh, who plays the mountain? 
Um, <laughs> the picture, the selfie that they took of, of them together just chilling on the beach. <laughs> I couldn't have coped with this episode if I hadn't have seen that. <laughs> I was I watched it with my dad because my dad actually likes to sit and watch Game of Thrones with me now. He actually, it was cool. He bought HBO at the beginning of the season so that we could actually watch it yeah, together. Nice. Mm-hmm. I watch it with him. It's an interesting bonding <laughs> experience because the, then we got to the head smashing scene. He was just like, we immediately, like, we went and saw the raid too. After that, not nice. too long after that, and we we're it's pretty much the same level of brutality. <laughs> There's this point in this this film where somebody swings a baseball bat and the baseball bat gets stuck in someone's face oh. and cannot be removed. That's awesome. And so I was just like, what is wrong with us? Well, all right, going back to going back to Game of Thrones, uh, something that stood out to me in the finale was the fact that Bran his small section in it almost felt like a completely different show. And I still loved it. Yeah, I did too, but it seemed like like high fantasy. Like Precisely. Yeah. But we've been living in a high fantasy world. Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, that's the point of it. I mean, he's delving into mythical creatures that haven't been seen by people for fucking centuries. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the children of the forest, the little wood nymph thing. Is that what they that needed th- to do a better was? job of introducing the children. Yeah. Not in this episode, because that's brilliant. I had no idea that was actually going to happen. I just thought they'd make it to the tree. Uh, I didn't expect them to fucking fall into the the set of, uh, of the, evil of the, <laughs> the Evil Dead. <laughs> I didn't Army expect Darkness, that to my bad. Yeah, I, if there was one thing I thought that, like, the special effects concerning the fireballs, like, the way the books wrote that scene. What, that she didn't have a flower? No, 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 like, oh. the, the way... Actually, she did. It's oh, kind of funny. She? Like, her wand is... Oh, that's but, funny. Uh, it, like, the way they, they the, the scene was... She's written. got a fucking magic wand, I'm it, sorry. It, <laughs> it made like, me so happy. The child uh, was, like, dancing around yeah. flames, uh, sort of... It, it so looked, the book had a bigger budget? Well, it was a lot prettier in my head than... Okay. It was like, also, like, they make a... Like, she just looks like a little kid. Yeah. Although I heard some callbacks, like, do, forgive me for, like, listening to Game of Owns after this, because I really enjoyed, um, and I wanted to get some facts. I'd never actually listened to them before. Mm. But, like, they, they have a callback where they think maybe she was in season two, the little girl that's in season two. Hmm. And, like, in one of, like, either in, I can't remember if it's what scene. It was, like, somewhere in the north, like, or when Sam's across the, Sam and John are across the wall. Something like that, like at Crusher. I can't remember if it was there at Crusher's Keeper, if it was in a dream that Bran had, but like that there was a little girl somewhere in the show, and maybe it's the same little girl. Mm-hmm. Also, the other weird thing I think is like she just looks like a little girl. They don't have the giant like creepy eyes that are in. Well, the, the no, book. they the seem book. exaggerated a little bit. Yeah, her eyes are supposed to be sort of big. Oh, okay. Um, like like um, anime size big. Oh wow. Yeah, and uh, it, well, I guess she is sort of wearing a dress of leaves. Huh. Yeah, it's a big deal. Like the people, she was altered enough to make it. She was she was odd, but like I mean, it's a big moment, and Mm. I feel like people who don't read the books don't really. I mean, like you said, it just seems odd. It seems out of place. Yeah, yeah, it really did. It felt like a. Ray Harryhausen film. Precisely. And it didn't have the same payoff. I still think it's an amazing payoff. Fucking fireballs! Like, I mean, it's high fantasy. Like, literally, like, we've seen dragons and everything, and everybody's talking about, yeah, yeah, like, the the Night's Watch, they're gonna face, like, ice spiders and shit. I wanna see some fucking ice spiders. We finally get, like, this is the thing for me. Like, the North is, like, I, I hated, I don't, well, I hate is too strong of a word, but comparing it to the rest of the show, like, cannot, I couldn't, like, if I get an episode that's watch-heavy, 
other than like Egret. I liked, I really did like the, mm-hmm. the the season where they're north of the wall, and you're actually seeing some fantasy elements. Like when he sees giants for the first time, yeah. he's like, oh, everything that I was told by old man, other than the fact that we're probably living on a giant's eyeball. Everything else <laughs> that she said is probably true. Which, by the way, the fact that Oberyn knew that story. Mm-hmm. Like and he quotes it to Tyrion. He's like talking about like the some versions of Alaria's death or whatever. And he's like, you know, some people say that we live on uh, a giant blue blue eyeball. Yeah. <laughs> and, like I thought that was pretty cool. Like like he's like you see you get how well traveled he is, and that fits with Tyrion because Tyrion's literally pissed off the wall, and um, and this guy has literally traveled to every corner of Essos. I mean, they mentioned that. I mean, it's. Just how much of a badass he is gets played up, and I love that. And yeah. that's part of why it's so sad to see him go. Mm-hmm. But we get more Dorne next season. We're being promised. Yeah. Hmm. Right on. Yeah, they already sent out casting stuff for the various Dorne family members that are going to pop up. We Doesn't didn't he have, like, your... five, like, badass sisters or something? No, he's like got, that. like, he's literally, he's got oh, dozens. Daughters. He's probably got more than a dozen. Well, he's probably got a hundred or so, like, <laughs> children. Like, literally, like, <laughs> Tyrion makes a point. That, that's a bit much. I know. Uh, he, In the book, there's at least twelve named daughters. Oh, well. Seven, seven by by different various women, mm-hmm. and those are the other seven sand vipers. And then, I want to say like two or three with uh, with his actual paramour. Yeah, oh. the current one. They're all considered like it's weird. Like I, I think that they're not considered heirs. But like they said, they don't really care about... You can be a ruler of Dorne and still have sand as your name, I think. Huh. Like, because it's not like Jon Snow. It's not like, well, you better go to the wall, buddy, because well, Winterfell's going to get pretty cold when I die. Who's in power now? His brother was already in power. He, they have a weird well, thing. Well, I mean, who... who? Duran Martell, his brother. I, I get that by... by Cersei. By, I, get, I get that, but do they still hold the power in Westeros? No. Who who's the prominent player now in Westeros? I think the power is entirely out of Westerosi hands. I think it's the Iron Bank. I mean, Tywin says as much. Tywin, when he's talking to Elena, um, the who I fucking love. I, I'm, I'm so sad that we're not going to see as much Diana Rake. I don't know if we'll see her at all next season. Um, uh, I don't see where we would. Yeah, she probably she's she's gone from King's Landing, and mm-hmm. um, well, I, I mean, like if okay, if you want to paint a, a political map mm-hmm. of where everybody is at the north. There's Stannis in the wall. Mm-hmm. Below that is um, the uh, the Boltons. The, yeah, the Boltons. Yeah. They're the Freys control the. They're the the the, the lords of yeah. or the um, what's that? The warden of the north. Yeah. yeah. Um, below that, there's yeah the Freys are in charge of the Riverlands. Which the Freys also compose Bolton's army. Because, I mean, it's literally that army that you well, see. Well, are in everybody's. They're even in Lannister's army. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah that, that's something that There's so many about. fucking Freys that... Yeah. <laughs> but that's essentially it. Like, Freys ally with them. I mean, like, he, he marries a Frey. He marries Walder Frey. So, like, mm-hmm. half of the Frey army is marching is marching with him. And then the other half is, like, in control, like still raiding the Riverlands. They're not Actually, doing anything. I want to say, though, probably the most powerful player at this point are the Tyrells. Because, because they're intact. Their yeah, army is intact. They, their army is still intact. Their farmlands weren't decimated yeah. like the Riverlands were. And they have actual money. Like, they, even though they have, like, Olana, like, talks about all the herds of cattle and things that they're sending, mm-hmm. she knows that, regardless of what happens, she knows enough that she literally is like, yeah, I can fucking kill the king and it won't matter. Because she does. How badass is that? <laughs> I can't, we even can't even talk about that. That scene, she, she... Is the one who poisons him, by the way. Yeah. I don't know if you. I mean, yeah. if, I mean, it's she 
says so, but I mean, the fact that she goes over and, and she says things like, oh, so terrible to kill a man at his wedding. Yeah. <laughs> like, she says all those things and she's peppering it around. She's, she is my absolutely favorite fucking character. <laughs> I love everything about her. Like, I mean, even she, she doesn't get a lot of scenes, but it's just like, she is my favorite fucking character. Yeah. Because she's like, she is like the old female version of Tyrion. <laughs> I love the bit with her and Varys in the last season where it's like, what happens when the non-existent bumps up against the decrepit? And then they both look down at their crotches. <laughs> I mean, like, that's fucking brilliant. Like, when she, or when she meets Tyrion and then she's like, she's like, um... You're so disappointing. <laughs> You're not funny at all. And like I feel like that's what we felt as an audience too. Like he's like his his expression, like he's taken aback because he's just like, oh yeah, I don't have the funny lines anymore. <laughs> you get the fun. I'm sorry, I just like had spittle. But um, yeah, and then south of them are the Martells and Dorne. Dorne. The reason that they're talking about Dorne being so important is because Dorne was the only one of the Seven Kingdoms, and and Tywin again says this, because Tywin really was the most powerful figure, and mm-hmm. they, I mean, even Stannis admits it. Well, not Stannis, but um, who's the Onion Knight? Oh, uh, Davos. Davos. Uh, Seaworth says so. I mean, when he's talking to them, he's like, "So you think everything is okay? You can continue lending money because Tywin is there. What happens when Tywin's dead? He's yeah. an old man." If he's holding everything together, would you rather be dealing with with a, a puppet king that's controlled by the the Marta, or by the Mar, or Tyrells? Mm-hmm. And he's like, and where's the money going to be coming from? Aren't they going to be asking for more loans to pay back? Are they going to be taking loans to pay back the Tyrells from you? <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. like, where's the where's the money going to be coming from? Because it's not going to be coming from from yeah. the Lannisters, and the Lannisters are who you've backed. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, I think. I think that that is, that is quite clear. But, I mean, and the fact that they, they've surrendered their alliance. But the thing that, that Tywin says is that we need you. I mean, he acknowledges that he, need, he invited him to the, the small council. This is before Joffrey's murder, obviously. Mm-hmm. He invites him because he's actually concerned about Daenerys. Mm-hmm. He's actually concerned about Daenerys because he's like, three dragons were all it took to conquer the Seven Kingdoms the first well, time. Well, that's somebody we haven't even talked about yet. We haven't talked about Danny because, I mean, there's, there's an entire article somewhere called How Do You Solve a Problem uh, Like Daenerys? on the show because it's like we're already there's like I just don't know how you even though I mean like you, you know that the books were divided and like half of yeah, it is yeah, set yeah. in Essos half of it set in Westeros for the final two books yeah. that they're dealing with they advance certain parts of those books so far and certain parts of that it's like Danny doesn't have that much character development left like I feel like you can complete all of Danny's story like there's no way that you stretch She's out. She's got a season. She's got a season, but there's no way you stretch it out two seasons. Like if he doesn't publish the sixth book, how do you solve that problem? Because you can't just erase one of the most popular. You can't erase the Khaleesi from the show. Yeah. Like I mean, people make I mean, jokes about her in movies like The Neighbors. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess you sort of have to. I mean, no, Sansa and Bran are gonna, probably going to be in there next season. I mean, at this point, they are going to have to go past the books. Yeah, I think but, I think Rickon. I think they'll like probably talk about Rickon and, and Bran. I mean, because they'll bring maybe Osha for a yeah, little bit. I mean, but, hell, what characters haven't we seen in a while? Hmm? What characters haven't we seen in a long Rickon time? Rickon and Bran, Gendry. Those yeah. are the main things. Yeah. I mean, Rickon and, and uh, did Osha. You, yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you see uh, the actor who plays Gendry? Did you see his tweet? I saw his tweet, and it's it said, still rowing. Still rowing. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, going back to why he was originally talking about the Martells mm-hmm. and then got they sur- Yeah, they survived the... They were the only kingdom to survive the invasion of the dragons. Mm, yeah. And essentially, Tywin's like, how the fuck did you do that? Yeah, they, it's not at all clear. Like, they only bended the knee. They didn't bend the knee. They just married into him. Like, that's part of why they were so loyal to the Targaryens is because they were never conquered. 
they were just that's why they're still allowed to be called a prince everybody else is like mm. a lord or a warden you're the prince of dorm because it's essentially an independent kingdom oh, wow. yeah. it's 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 a kingdom that joined willingly and like they have their own entire structure of governing like you said a bastard doesn't mean the same thing like the law in dorn is different than the law anywhere else in yeah. the seven kingdoms the food is different than anywhere else in the seven kingdoms the people are not all white shots. people uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I assumed it was a bit more spicy yeah. um they do make a lot of jokes about spicy food. Yeah, the like the king's guard that's uh, down with uh, Cersei's daughter. I remember him sort of making some jokes about the food down there. They're probably going <laughs> to cast him because I don't think we've ever even seen his face since he's wearing a king's guard helmet. Uh, maybe, yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see because there's a, uh, there's a whole shit ton of stuff down in Dorne in the next couple books. Yeah. And they also do a shit ton with the Greyjoys. Okay. Well, yeah, the Greyjoy. We have not seen Balon Greyjoy. The entire season. We saw her, uh, his daughter when she tried to... To rescue Theon. Only yeah, two episodes. Yeah. But, yeah, there's a shit ton to do with the Greyjoys if they really wanted Keep to. Keep in mind, oh, they're well. in the north. And yeah. so I think part of it is that they wanted... They gave Stannis a long fucking time to get there. And I think book readers were really impatient about that. They're like, get to the fucking wall already. Because <laughs> we know it's coming. We want to see this fucking battle. And we want you there. It's, I think they managed to make it more epic than it is in the books in a weird way. Because he has more troops. And they, they're very serious about the numbers. Like, it's 100,000 wildlings. It's 20,000 men of there. It's only 1,000 people in the Night Watch. They make it so desperate. They make it so impossible, the odds. There's no way that they can defend it. And then this huge sweeping force comes and, and, and causes the victory. There's fucking giants riding mammoths. I've, <laughs> I've said this. There's a fucking ice scythe. Yeah, I mean, it's basically the closest Game of Thrones kind of gets to Lord of the Rings in the sense that, like, Stannis, like, in the books, he pops up at dawn. Like Gandalf did at yeah. Battle of Helm's Deep, oh, wow. when they just, they just come in. And it's, <laughs> that's uh, that's what uh, uh, yeah, huh. Stannis essentially did. That is the <laughs> best analogy. Wow, he's literally the light bringer. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like all that stuff was better. But like people were impatient, waiting for him to get there, and I think that's because like you want Stannis there so Stannis can deal with because he's. Part of the thing is, like, he's earning, he's there to earn his legitimacy. Mm-hmm. Well, he's mostly there because the Red Woman told him to be there. Tells him, oh, your real fight's over there. That's the important fight in, yeah. in Westeros. That's the real reason. The War of the Five Kings is bullshit, he says. May, frankly, because, like, he thinks that her magic is real because four of the five usurpers are dead. The only usurper who is not dead is Balon Greyjoy. Yeah. And so I imagine, like, that's, people would not really feel impactful, like, seeing him, like, because they don't feel he's a real threat in the War of the Five Kings because his family are already engaged in fighting the North. They aren't anywhere else. But there, I mean, like, I would say that that's going to be the stuff that we'll see next season is we'll have new Greyjoy characters mm-hmm. and they'll interact and they'll get to interact with Stannis rather than get to interact with, like, some random character who we don't give a fuck about. Like, yeah. some random lord that we haven't been introduced to yet. Which, there's actually some really cool people who I want to see. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like we get to see uh, Balon's uh, brothers. Oh, nice. Yeah, one of them. One of them kind of looks like Dario Naharis. Like hmm. one of them is going to be another character that the ladies are going to swoon over. Hmm. And one of them, when I was reading the book, see, he looked like Jeffrey Rush to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the other yeah, and then they technically one of the brothers has been seen. He's called the Damn Fair. He's one of, he's the only person who possesses like magic in the north. Although cuz they have their own magic. Cuz keep in mind like all these magics are propelled by different deities and different yeah. religions. They've been talking about the drowned god and like his his enemy the storm god. So like the storm kings like those are the Baratheons, like they're literally their natural enemy even though like they they 
do the normal religion or whatever that everybody else does in the Seven Kingdoms. But they were the Storm Kings. They were the head of the Stormlands. That's where the Storm God is, or whatever. Mm. They're the they're like the big hardy mountain mountainous like. Actually, they're kind of like the Tornado Alley people, I guess. <laughs> they're more so like they're hardy Midwesterners is what they are. <laughs> We've seen it. The guy was fucking portly. He liked to drink and he liked to fuck and he liked to to kill things. But yeah. so I mean yeah the uh, but so that's they're the natural enemies of the they don't have any magic really. But like the the Greyjoys, they got fucking magic. It's real. Like when they, the whole that is dead that can never die. Like when Theon is is bathed in the water, or whatever. It's not a baptism. He's in in the season two or whatever. He's actually supposed to be drowned. Oh. And the thing is, like his uncle is reviving him. When they say hmm. that is that that which is dead can never die, they mean we've all literally died and been brought back to life. It's oh, supposed wow. to be resurrection magic, similar <laughs> to the resurrection, although much less powerful, frankly, because they just fucking drown. That people get resuscitated in real life. Yeah. But it's not like getting your fucking head chopped off. I mean, you know, one thing they left out of the uh, Battle of the Wall. That's a big piece of magic bullshit. Is, is missing or is um uh, is her? Right? No, 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 no. Is uh, Mance Rider had a horn? Oh yeah. Like, he found the horn that was supposed to bring down the wall. Oh. It was with him in the tent. He they didn't ne- use it. Yeah, they never actually showed it in the show. I can't remember why they didn't use it. Well, I, I think I don't know. Maybe John got there in time. Oh, they don't use it. It's a threat. Like when they get into the tent. The, the, the way that this goes down, he's doing the parlay. Is it seen in the episode? No. Can you no. see it? it no. It's a huge piece of magic. Oh, you would like, have seen it. The oh, okay. part of, and it's weird because we see how epic the magic is in the North. And yeah. like, this season has really been about the North is where yeah. the meat of things have happened. Because they just go so quickly in King's Landing. It's like, Joffrey's dead. Fuck yes! And then it's like uh, everything else is just slower in King's Landing. Everybody's leaving King's Landing. Even at the end of the season, Varys leaves King's Landing, which is huge. Yeah. Like, I mean, the fact uh, that these main... That's a, huge, that's a departure, correct? It is a departure, and well, it's a welcome departure, because I think it's literally one of those things where we don't see Varys for an entire book. Well, yeah, yeah, instead of... we the last we see him in the book, um, he helps Tyrion go away, and then he disappears. Okay. So that was the spoiler that I had in the interview I was okay. trying to warn you about, because you would have to edit it. So essentially, I'm like, the last we see him, there's a murderer essentially in the throne room. That was me joking about him dying on the pot. And then... Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, then Varys isn't seen for another book, and then more murder. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, like he just he, he murders. He, I mean, it's just what he does. He like <laughs> he 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 walks around creepily, and he's there when people die. It's a thing that he does. But yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see if they actually have Varys stick with Tyrion. Um, on his road trip next season. I think it's a way of converging the characters, kind of like Stannis, Davos, and John, and being together, and then having mm. to interact with Theon. And mm. I don't think they'll interact with the Boltons, but they'll interact with Theon's sister, maybe, because she's Asha. in the North. Mm. Oh, or I can't. Asha. I always confuse her with Osha is the problem, and so I don't know if her name is actually Asha. So, something. Uh, in the books, it's spelled A S H A. Yeah, it's probably in the show that. they pronounce it differently. I don't know. I'm not even sure it's the same name in the show. But yeah, like I'm, I'm just saying it because like he's like she would be the natural enemy that he'll have to repel because he's there to build his legitimacy. And I, one thing I didn't bring up in that scene where they're meeting is like I mean, well, we should probably address the horn. I'm sorry. Like that is weird to me that it wasn't there because we're seeing all this high magic of the mm-hmm. north. Yeah. Maybe it's in waiting. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're gonna pull it out later. But yeah, it was definitely supposed to. The white. I, I think the reason that he's parlaying is like. He's like, um, the reason that if you if you flood your tunnels now or whatever, if you try and blockade the tunnels now, I'll just blow down, burn down, blow down the wall. 
But and it, he's thinking he doesn't want to blow down the wall because they're running from the White Walkers. And his assumption, probably rightly, I mean, like, I think as readers, we assume rightly, like, if you destroy the wall, then maybe that's what the White Walkers are waiting for. Because we mm. know that they have this massive fucking army that's been actually pursuing the wildlings. Yeah. Like, I mean, we've heard that wildling camps have been completely raided, and that's why they're all together in this force. And Man's Raiders just like my my people have blood enough, and he's not there because he's literally. I think he's like I want to prevent as much bloodshed as possible because every dead person can be another white. Mm-hmm. I think that's not. I mean, it's understated. Risk. I, <laughs> yeah. It's in your risk game. So if people, if you yeah, the way the the the, the zombies uh, uh, collect at the top of the map is that anybody who dies like during a battle, they essentially turn into a zombie. So like at the end of a round. Whatever forces had died, they attacked the wall, and the person has to defend the wall against the dead people. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, which can come a, become a real bitch if someone's not actually doing their job yeah. at the uh, wall. I well, maybe I, we, the maybe first the time vow. we played it, we had no idea. Yeah, that it was going to be that, that much. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> And then in real life, though, I mean, talking about not doing that. <laughs> in real life? Well, in, in, fake, in fake real life, in real life in Westeros, I'm thinking, like, if, I mean, I, I think want... think Game of Risk is more in real life than yeah. the show is. Yeah. I'm thinking, like, if the, um, if the night, because we talk about the vow so much and, like, the fact that it's magic and thing that they, when they introduce the other, the children, they should have really played up. Because they talk about the children and the others a lot in the book. The others, they, they talk about the others a lot in the show mm. because it's the fucking White Walkers. Everybody's like, they haven't done a good job in introducing the children because the children are partly responsible for building the wall. Because it's like, this mm. is, the wall is magic. Yes. I mean, I mean, the only, I think the only way we're going to find out really, truly that the wall is magic is, I mean, it's been alluded to kind of, but not really. I mean, they have the, um, but I think it's just going to be the red woman talking. Hmm. She's just going to be like. Yeah, she's probably going to have some expositional She's going to have a lot of expositional dialogue, I think. And she'll probably even talk about, although she hates anything that she comes in contact with that is not in service to her god is apocryphal. The wildlings and the northerners have their own god. She's going up there. The, I mean, the others are, are their own kind of god and have their religion there. It's part of the religion of the north. But so like. She might like burn weirwood trees, or she might like attack. She's she's not gonna be. She's just gonna burn a lot of people. Is my prediction. Like every every single person that she meets is gonna be a fucking heretic to her. Yeah. Every single member of the Night's Watch. Every single member of these people who've seen real magic. Like her big selling point is like, oh, I can show you people who don't believe in anything. I can show you real magic. And it's like I can show you real terrors and horrors. And like we fucking seen that lady. Yeah. <laughs> we fucking run from it. And Zombies. some of <laughs> and some of the people, some of these wildlings, they're gonna have wargs. Yeah. All of them. I mean, they're gonna have actual. They're gonna have wargs and giants and. Something we haven't seen, which is shadow cats, mm. badass. What are what are what are shadow cats? They're like giant fight? bobcats. That's that are like dark as well, like pumas, like hmm. giant bobcat pumas <laughs> that are magical. They're hmm. bigger than the dire wolves. Oh wow! Um, now, something else that I, I feel will have that should have ramifications is uh, Danny locking away the two yeah. dragons. Yeah. Breaker of chains, putting somebody in chains. Yes. Um, granted, I don't know why she. Put, those two were the well-behaved. The well-behaved ones. dragons. Yeah, she's letting the the one free range on on babies. Apparently. Well, that's because she couldn't find the damn thing. Yeah. Uh, hmm. 
but how, what does it do to the, the other power? One because you know it, it is such a free willed creature. The other ones, yeah, she could drag down there. What does it do to her power base? So much of her power is based off of that. Is based off of being the mother of dragons, being the the un the unbowed or whatever, or the unburnt is mm-hmm. what she calls herself. I mean, literally, Missandei says that in this episode. You can't be the unburnt if your dragons are flying around like burning cities, which they could be, could well be doing. Drogon could well be doing. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm just curious to see where that'll go. Um, She's. Well, I mean, if she doesn't have control of her dragons, then it's going to make anybody think that they. I mean, that they. I mean, that she's living in a city where there are potentially like dozens of assassins, and then the warlocks are already trying to kill her, and it's shown that their magic is real now. And she got rid of one of her greatest advisors. Yeah, yeah she got yeah. rid of Sir Friendzone. <laughs> I don't even believe the friend zone's a real thing, but he's been. Fr- this is a fictional. The friend zone is a very real well, thing. He's been. He's been in the fictional realm. It definitely. It's. We'll say if it's real in this world, it's as big as the wall in Westeros. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was. I don't know. I always liked Dora. Yeah, me too. Uh, I don't think he's gonna go away. Like, I mean, I it'll have to be I like it'll have to be like character. Like I feel like they invented a ton of shit for Braun. Mm-hmm. Like if they, I mean, either Whoa. just given expository lines that maybe other knights would say or other mercenaries. Mm-hmm. Like if there's another mercenary or knight, I think he's like the Ross of mercenaries. Mm-hmm. Like if there's a sellsword, oh, well, who's the funniest fucking sellsword in the entire show? Give that line to Bronn. Like Bronn was not the person that Jamie uh, jousts with or that trains Jamie oh. in the books. In fact, you would have had absolutely no lines if they'd went with Cyril uh, yeah, and Oh, wow. Yeah. Because he didn't want, uh, Jamie didn't want anybody to tell anybody. So that was the joke. And so you assume yeah. that they're staying with the book because that's the same line of dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, you've, you're friends with a knight who literally couldn't tell anybody. He doesn't have a tongue. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's pretty good with the sword. He chops off a lot of people's heads. He's the, he's the great whatever they call him. The knights or the king's justice. Hmm. And so they, they completely eliminate him. He's also Podrick. He's also a reason that Arya would not like Pod, because not like Pod. Pod. I think Pod. Ar- Pod Podrick. Oh, okay. Okay. Because so like Pod, like she if she had traveled with Podrian, it would have been interesting. Uh. Which I think that's a cool name. I huh. like that people on the internet call them the Houndrian Podrian. <laughs> <laughs> David Gilman is is wagging his head, but I, I like wagging. wagging 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 shaking shaking <laughs> wagging his head. He sounds like a dog. Wait. <laughs> I, I read too many high fantasy novels in the last week, okay? I'm very sorry. Okay. Weird strains of old English dialogue stuck in my head. I don't like it. But you haven't read that Game of Thrones book? I haven't read the best Game of Thrones book. I'm aware, I'm aware that I'm fucked up, okay? I'm aware that there are some problems here. Uh, Why am I talking like an Australian now? <laughs> you know, it's funny. Maybe, like, the next continent, they should have an Australian accent. Oh, you never think about it. Like, if it's to the south, like, if we're across the Jade Sea, maybe everybody from the Summer Isles can talk like they're from uh, Australia. Because they're pretty laid back. Yeah? Get some Aboriginals in there. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll just, I'll just convince you all of a good idea for the show. Yeah. Thank you, David Benioff and, uh, and Morris. You can take credit from me. Yeah. I've just expanded your casting pool. <laughs> um, I'll let you guys recover from that. I'm just, yeah, my train of thought totally derailed. Um, Thanks, Gabe. Yeah. Shit. I don't remember. Uh, that, 
was worse than when I did the um, the the, the when we were doing Doctor Who recaps, and then I just pretended to be Stephen Moffat. I was worried that like one of our boots <laughs> or like one of the episodes where we didn't preface that it was fake. <laughs> I was really worried because we got incredibly high views, and I, I was actually worried that somebody had like maybe reported that Stephen Moffat was a guest or something. Because I joked in like the in the I, as a joke, but I put it in the description and a special guest appearance by Stephen Moffat. And in the show, I don't preface that it's fake, and then we get like four thousand views, and I'm like, maybe this is. <laughs> I would feel really guilty if that wasn't the case. I don't know. So, like, we hopefully you've recovered your train of thought. Somewhere. Yes, well, and we're at an hour and a half yeah. without yeah. the interview setting. In. Oh, this is so probably we should probably wrap it up. Okay. Well, um, impressions for next season. Where do you want the show to go? I don't We're know. We're the only one that can actually answer this question. Because um, we know. Well, <laughs> we don't know. I feel like we truly do not know. Well, I, you know, I, you have ideas. I, I, yeah, we have ideas. We know we, certain characters that we, will be introduced. We would be able to produce a roadmap based on knowledge that is probably. I almost going wish to those happen. were soundproof headphones, and then we could just talk about that. <laughs> but, right? Yeah. But why don't you, yeah, yeah just um, give us an idea where you think the show's well, going. Well,. I have a well. I, I kind of head know wasn't what, a pun about explosions. I, I I know that uh, Arya is going to go through some shit and training, and that's going to be badass. I, what I about Arya isn't badass? I, I know, right? <laughs> um, besides that, I I have no idea what's going to happen with Tyrion. Mm-hmm. I, I'm most looking forward to seeing where that goes, mm-hmm. just because he's been locked in a damn cage all season. Um. Not saying that's a bad thing. It was wonderful. He's yeah. the best part about this season, in my opinion. Um, I have no idea where Bran's gonna go. <laughs> well, neither do I. <laughs> neither do you guys. <laughs> well, to be fair, he's not walking there. <laughs> Apparently, I was really hoping the guy would be like, "You can stand up now." Wait, you actually thought he was no, gonna I, heal him? I would. I would have loved that. I would have just liked it. I would have thought that was that so way. True. We wouldn't have had C three PO on the back of Chewbacca anymore. <laughs> First of all, Hodor is fucking fantastic. And we no, I agree. We didn't I talk agree. about the fact that Hodor is dual-wielding in this episode. I agree. And that he was, as much as you're like, this is, he's on a Ray Harryhausen set, this is weird. Hodor was fucking, like, awesome. carrying and throwing, throwing well, people. And Bran was. Bran was controlling him. I'm saying Christian Nairn was doing the heavy lifting. <laughs> yeah, I agree. He was pretty awesome. So, like, if Hodor left, like, that's the only nice person on the show. No, I don't, I don't think he would leave. Just be like Bran's bodyguard that Bran controls. I don't know. I feel like it would have been such a loss. Like, do you think it would have been worth the loss of Jojen Reed to have went all this way? For Bran to walk? Just for Bran to walk. Because it's like he's still a little lord, like Osha says. He's not a, have, have any great martial strength. I don't, I don't know. I don't think he can walk because the fact that he is shot up in size... Oh, yeah, well, that's something that we know that, like, casual viewers and most viewers of the show aren't going to know because Arya told us. Yeah, he's, 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 almost, he's almost six feet tall. Yeah. The only reason he looks small is because Christian Nairn is seven foot two. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't stand up. And he doesn't stand up, and his legs are, and more than that, his legs are obscured the entire fucking time. Exactly. Mm. He's taller than Jano Slint, who is going <laughs> to slit his throat. Um... Uh, yeah, Bran. I mean, it, it would have been. I wouldn't have liked it if he would have gotten his legs back. Part part of you was hoping, like just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. That's for sure. If they even touch on him, uh, I mean, 
I would actually really enjoy it if we go time without seeing characters. You know, just give us give wow. us something new. I mean, I guess we've only seen that with minor characters. Like I said, uh, this one it's Rickon, Gendry, Osha, um, Balin. Yeah, well, and those always, are the only characters we always, seen. I always felt that Gendry was a somewhat important character, somewhat main character, maybe not main character, well, but it's, it's the War of the Five Kings. You have this bastard who is the only blood heir. He's the only legitimate blood heir in the entire thing. His his claim is greater than Stannis's. Stannis builds his entire claim over the fact that not even that he's his brother. He builds the claim over the fact that he thinks he's the only true blood heir. And when he's presented with Gendry, like he doesn't kill him. Yeah. He takes the advice and does not murder him. And I think in part because it's like out of respect to his bloodline to say mm-hmm. like you are actually the rightful heir of Westeros. This claim that I'm making is is dubious because you exist and I'm not going to murder you because it's what a Lannister would do essentially. I mean that's essentially what Davos yeah. says is like is he doesn't say it outright but he's pretty much making the claim like that's what your brother would do. Well, that's what a Lannister would do. You're not a Lannister. You should you've got you've I don't, got honor. I don't know if Gendry's in the books farther than what he is now. If we see him again, I have no idea. But I think it would be a perfect opportunity for him to come into play pretty big time <laughs> considering the 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 power has kind of vanished in King's Landing. Yeah, but George does that great thing where it's like, you don't know who the main character is, do you? No. Because, no. like, they'll, they'll have a bigger part in the next book, maybe. Mm-hmm. You don't know. Well, I mean, I think it's very easy to see who the main characters are. Well, yeah, if you read the first Arya, book, you think it's Bran. And... You think it's Bran if you read the first book. and on two It, it still extent. can be. Bran or Ned. You, if you think it's Ned, you're very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I, th- I think at this point, it's Jon, Daenerys, and uh, Tyrion. Those are the three main characters. And, that, well, to a certain extent, like... Not Including Arya in that? She's more like a fan. Yeah. Well, there was a certain period of season two where you're like, is she going to fucking just kill everyone and ascend <laughs> the throne? Yeah. And even that's, that's Gendry's, that's my favorite line of Gendry's. like, wait, you had three deaths and you didn't have a fucking kill the king. <laughs> you didn't kill the king. He's like, well, why are you complaining? I gotta say that. You could have fucking killed the king and ended the war. <laughs> it's just like he's saying the things that fans would say to Arya as a character. But, uh... The thing about Arya is that she's she's definitely more of a supporting character because she her storyline is so off on its own, mm-hmm. on its own thing. Like Daenerys, Jon, they're both dealing with it's probably going to be the end game. She doesn't interact with the other characters, is I think what the point you're Well, yeah, to. but she's... Well, neither does Daenerys. Well, yeah, but she Daenerys has her own, is She becomes... There. Daenerys is, like, becoming her set. Like, she's... That's why she's so bloody important, why you can mm-hmm. ar- make the argument that she's the main character, is that she doesn't have to interact with any of the other main characters, and she still feels like she's the fucking main character. Mm. Other characters have to allude to her, and, like, like the way they're, like, saying winter is coming, they're like, that lady with the dragons is coming, fuck. I kind of feel like the, her path is no longer taking her there. Like, that she has... I don't feel like, as a, as a viewer, that she still has a goal of getting there. She's got three books left. Yeah. That's the problem. I mean, it's legitimately, like, we don't know what the end game is. Fuck, we don't even know if she lives I because mean, it's George R. R. Martin. We're in the middle of the story right now. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, part of the reason she was staying there is she's trying to learn how to actually rule. Yeah. yeah. And she has, she has a lot of learning to do. But, yeah, well, yeah. It's, she, yeah, it's her, John, and Tyrion. Tyrion. Tyrion is sort of the audience, uh, is a viewpoint and all the political bullshit down in King's Land. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, well, now he's not anymore, but... He wasn't my favorite... I mean, he is to a certain extent, but, like, my favorite point-of-view character in the book 
to a certain extent is, I mean, is I, I think Daenerys. I really enjoy her portions of the book because it doesn't feel so self-referential to the rest of the material. Mm-hmm. It isn't, in a lot of ways, as dense. There's not, I mean, there's intrigue, but it's like, it's a self, it feels like more of a self-contained story than the rest of the stories do. The book. Uh, and, but like, to, in the show, it's absolutely Tyrion yeah. for most seasons. This season, finally, John. Like, I care about every point of view character. There's not a point of view character at this point that I don't care about. Like, the death of any of these characters would affect me greatly, I think. Even Theon's a point of view character in the show. I said, like, I, I didn't say, like, I despise his actions, but I pity him, obviously. Yeah. Like, I just don't know. He obviously isn't going to be king. <laughs> I mean, well, if he is, what if, that, what if he is? What if Theon is actually at the end of the seventh book? Or fifth, sixth book, or whatever. Everybody is fucking dead no. because yeah, like, <laughs> Reek, Reek is left in charge. Yeah. What about the rumors of them actually expanding to eight instead of the seven? You mean seasons? Or there would books? be never way that the, he's the, the seven book, seasons. Yeah, the book. Well, it's but, the opposite of community. It's seven seasons and no fucking movie. But it's no, not. No, no, no. You're talking about books. Though. The books. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, George R. R. Martin. Uh, he he. Uh, that was just the editor sort of making a joke, oh. and it got. Blown, blown up. Yeah, He's, George R. R. Yeah. Martin came out and said, "No, no." It's okay. so he, he originally wanted it to be three books, though. That's yeah, the I thing. knew that. He well, keeps changing his mind. He he. Um the reason that this current book that he's writing, the only reason that it might get published and the reason he's able to leak so many chapters, some of those chapters started off as chapters in A Feast for Crows. Yeah. Mm. Some of them were written 10 fucking years ago. Yeah. Mm. He's been writing this particular book because so many chapters have been shifted around, especially Arya and Sansa's chapters. Mm-hmm. And to a certain extent, some of Cersei's chapters that they've, I mean, anything... Wait, that does just, Cersei get title chapters? Yeah, she's, yeah, a, she's a point of view character. Book. Okay. So it's she, like she sort of becomes the eyes in King's Landing. She's the okay. primary. Gotcha. I mean, she's the primary. Like they, like you got to keep in mind that these books are happening yeah, currently yeah. with the season. It's yeah. so like most of her story or whatever is done. I mean, there's still you have to assume there's still stuff left for another season. But it's like that was the big deal for readers because like it's this character that you fucking hate, and now suddenly it's like it's like making Walter Frey a point of view character after <laughs> the Red <laughs> Wedding. I mean, Bruce Bolton is. I mean, I mean, not Roose Bolton, I'm sorry, Ramsey Snow is mm-hmm. a point of view character in the show for us to a certain extent, but more so in the book. Well, no, no, Theon. Theon. Theon, yeah. Theon really takes, well, that's the thing. Theon, in a way, takes the point of view car- status in the way that Kat does, and like John, or her, her, um, her son did. Mm-hmm. Her son was a point of view, was not a point of view character. Rob, yeah. yeah. Rob was never a point of view character in the books. And so that's part of why the Red Wedding is, affects more people, is like there's an actual real love story with him and Talissa. <laughs> Everybody, hope you enjoyed part two to our Game of Thrones trilogy. Uh, please check back here for part three coming soon. In the meantime, I'm David West. You can find me on Twitter at David West underscore K-O-E-S. Also, find us on Twitter at Kind of Epic Show. Also, look us up on YouTube. Check out a bunch of great content we have featuring panels by Kevin Eastman, Game of Thrones, John Barrowman. We also have great interviews such as Mark Shepard, Tom O'Pennicott. The list goes on. Also, we have original short films, so please check those out. Also, check us out on SequelBuzz.com. Your host, your 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 place for everything good and sequely buzzy. Yes, I said that. Boom. Anyways, check back here for part three.
listeners, this is Micus, creator of the kind of epic theme song, Zombie Kids. If you're interested in finding out more about my music, you can check me out at micusmusic.com. Also, I am on iTunes, Facebook, and SoundCloud. You can look me up as Micus Music, and that's M-I-K-U-S, and you know the rest. All right, peace out, everyone. Keep listening.